1: episode 50 wow what a journey it has been so far we love you all and thank you so much for listening reviewing and subscribing we are on twitter at their pitch and on instagram at their dot pitch make sure to give us a follow and please say hi we celebrate having reached 50 amazing episodes so far with a complete banger Damaris Egg Is the professional football player that had what we in Sweden would call a smörgåsbord With options regarding what national team to represent The options weren't that bad either Spain, the USA or the Netherlands We have seen your questions about what Egerola thinks about the situation in Spain But she has chosen to play for the Netherlands So she doesn't have to weigh in on those issues anymore Which we respect In this episode, Damaris talks about leaving Spain to go to England and to Everton and how quick things can change overnight when she ended up in the club she is playing for today, Lyon, which I'm sure that we won't have to introduce further. We also talk about how she views herself as a player, that the number six role is somewhat underrated and what she thinks are important pieces in the puzzle to muster the art of being a defensive midfielder. You are listening to Their Pitch, episode 50, and this is the Damaris Eguerola episode.
2: We're back with a new episode and today we have Damaris Eguerola. On the podcast today. Hi. How are you feeling?
3: <laughs> very good. And also happy to hear you pronounce my name almost correctly. Almost?
2: Yeah. Almost. Yes. Will you, because I, I was a little bit worried about that before we just hit the record button. Will you, will you tell me how to pronounce it correctly? Damaris Egurola. One more time. Damaris Egurola. Damaris Egurola. Yeah, better. We also do have a quote from somebody that knows you very well. We're going to actually play a sound clip for you and you get to listen to it and then you have to guess who it is and I don't think it's going to be too hard. Ah, pistas. Donde estas? Si. Sí.
1: Ocho.
4: <laughs> so, Damaris. Um, basically, my go-to person if I ever need someone to laugh about my stupid jokes... So I'll thank her for that. And on a more serious note, for me, I can assure you that Dama has one of the best left foots in the women's game. And uh, it's been a pure pleasure to have her in the team, to be her teammate and to play with her since almost two years now. I told her to get as quick as possible into the Champions League winners club and boy she did so uh, it's been um, it's been a great time I feel like she's progressing well she's always she's always training hard to um, take new steps I feel like she's curious and it's quite funny because she's quite the calm person but oh boy she can she has some stories Uh, I'll I'll let her explain that herself but uh, basically whenever you you get her going, um she will open up. So um I think she's been having a great time in Lyon. I think we still uh we still have uh have to see yet how much she has to give. I think it will only go upwards with time. Uh the football she has in her head, in her feet and um yeah, a great Tough Basque, but who is also a little bit sensitive, which I like. Um, and, uh, I'll let Tama, um, tell you about, all the stupid situations we had together. But, uh, yeah, um, great, great footballer who's gonna be even better. Uh, already wrote herself in the history books of winning a Champions League. And there's much, much more to come. So, much love from Gringo, Dama, and y... not
2: Oh, she's funny, man. It only took one sentence for you to figure out who that was, right? Like, just the first word.
3: For sure. Gringo, you can recognize her, like, easily. Who is it? Ada. The teammates. Ada <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. yeah, it's really nice from her. Like the, her message, also I appreciate her a lot. Like for me, since I arrived here in León, it's like a dream come true because she was like one of my idols. So I also remember the first day I arrived here with my parents here signing and whatever. The first player I saw and I got to meet was Ada. My dad, I still remember the image. He was hugging Ada and and he was crying. You know, so it was like I always tell Ada this, like, yeah, you made the day. You made like a dream come true for my family also, and like she's one of my all the sisters I would say in the team like since I arrived she's been like really important and also we have a lot of fun as you said we have plenty of stories together uh she helps me a lot and I think she's a great player as everyone knows but also like a great person
2: yeah she says there, there are quite a few stories and she was gonna let you tell us one of them at least can you give us something like something that you guys have been through that's like that you think she's talking about
3: I think the most recent one could be her trying to speak Spanish um struggle is real (laughs) she tries her best but yeah still she's some days just comes with random words i don't even get that then with christiana endler she's from chile also so we try to understand but we have no idea what she's trying to say so yeah we're in that process like trying to understand each other she wants to like be able to speak Spanish with us, but I think she's not there yet. So yeah, from here, I'm just sending her like strength to keep on working on her Spanish. We'll try our best also, but, uh, we have to say she's still not there.
2: How, how, how good of a teacher are you and the uh, Christian Ender to her? I think we try our best, but she just
3: keeps on learning random words, like from series or movies or whatever, like old fashioned Spanish or whatever. But she also can listen to really good Spanish music. And sometimes she doesn't really like my music. She just hates it. But some other days she's like, okay, I'm getting into it. So yeah, she she's like that. You never know. And yeah, I think she just likes Spanish in general
2: it's it's kind of like me when i watched uh, casa de papel and i i heard you know they they go around they say these you know these cu- curse words and they're cussing and all of a sudden i'm stubbing my toe and i can hear myself just swearing in spanish and i have no idea what it means i'm just doing it because yeah. it sounds better
3: yeah see, she does the same sometimes she just turns around and says something like i don't know what and then she just feels better i'm like okay if that works for you it's fine <laughs>
2: What what does she mean to you? You know, both on and off the field, as a friend and a and a you know a teammate.
3: Yeah, I think a lot. Like only with the first experience we had to get to know her. Like the first player, I got to know when I arrived in Lyon, and for me, she always has been like an idol. Also, for her character, I think uh, she has been standing up for a lot of people in the long term, and that I really admire from her. Like since a young age, she already was standing for a national team and fighting for equality in many other sense and many other different uh, themes also. So, yeah, I just am, I admire her in and, and many, many sense. Uh, as a football player, I also had the chance to share trainings, uh, games, hopefully more games to come because we got injured in almost same timing. So we didn't really share that time. But, yeah, uh, I just think she's like an old sister for me in team.
2: team. You mentioned it real quick now that you... Both both you guys are injured. How How is the injury going with you right now? Like, how is the rehab going in?
3: Yeah, it's uh, actually really good. Uh, this week, I've already been running and stuff. Um, after watching the images, and I still, like, sometimes wake up, and I'm like, I, I just can't believe I have nothing really as serious in my knee, you know, after watching the images in the game against Juventus. So I think I was really lucky in that sense. But now I'm also quite... Uh, scared that I need to go slowly and work even harder to come back and just make sure everything's all right and take like no risks at all because if I do the same injury again that can be really dangerous so yeah I'm just focusing on my daily training working hard and hopefully I'll be back really soon.
2: Do you know about like how long the rehab period is for you or is it just take every day as it comes?
3: Yeah I've already been three weeks uh, today exactly three weeks that it happened so I think I need one two weeks extra. Just I take it as it comes. Uh, every day is different, but I'm feeling really good, so that's really important, also.
2: We're we're gonna leave the injury part, and we're gonna talk about you know, um, you know your your upbringing and everything about it. you. Were born in the U.S.
3: How long did you? How long did you live there? Um, until I was six, uh, I lived in Orlando. Um, then I went back to Spain. So, yeah, it's a long story, but uh, my dad used to play kajala. It's a professional sport from the best Country, so he moved to the States. And then my mom was working in Cancun uh, with some hotel. Uh, She traveled from the Netherlands to Cancun, and that's how they met. And then, yeah, my brother and my sister were also all of us born in in Orlando.
2: Right, so did you start playing well? what they would call soccer, but we call football. Did you start playing football in the U.S., or was that... Did that come when you guys moved away?
3: I think uh, in the US I was able to kick a ball, but not really nothing serious. Uh, I have plenty of pictures playing with my brother, but I think once I got to Spain uh, when I started like school there, uh, it was what made me really that desire to play football, and that's when I told my parents like I want to join a team. So, yeah, I think it came from before, but I didn't really pay attention to it. But once I got to Spain and like every day before going to my, my lessons, I just trained like one hour before going to my lessons, I just sweating all over. And and that's the point where I was like, yeah, I think I need to join a team because I really like this.
2: How, how different was it, you know, as a, I think as a six-year-old, how was it to move from one place to a completely foreign place to you where you kind of like had to start over and get to know, you know, you're in school, you you have to know all these new kids and stuff like that. How was that for you?
3: Yeah, I think it was quite easy at the end. We were quite young when we did that big change. Uh, I think it was more difficult maybe for my parents also, because they left all the friends all the family back. But uh, for me and my brothers, it was quite easy. I think also we went into a town that everyone was really friendly to us. The language was not a problem because my dad used to, Uh, teach us Spanish so we already had that already and yeah I think uh, like every process you know uh, the adaptation usually is quite difficult but in my case I think uh, surrounded by a good family and my parents they did everything possible for me and my brothers to grow up in a good way and that's how I feel right now like I still have my friends from my hometown and they were there when I was there like when I came from the U.S. no one knew me not even my brothers, and they were the first ones uh, trying to get along with us.
2: Do you have a triple citizenship? Yeah, I do. That's so cool. I've only heard about people that have a double. Yeah,
3: it's quite interesting. Like, when I travel, I just have the three passports with me sometimes. I feel like if I forget some one of the passports, I have the other two. But yeah, it's quite uh, something particular, I think.
2: What's, what's your connection to the U.S. now? Like, do you go over a lot, or do you have family there still? What's...
3: Actually, not a lot. Um, I just have the passport. Uh, don't really go like on holidays or travel there. Then uh, I had the uh, two pre-seasons with uh, Leon, big, two big tournaments there, the ICC. And that's the only time I went back to the US. Before I didn't even go, like since I was born there and came back to Spain. So that was the first time going back to back to the states with Lyon. So that was also for me but yeah uh, we don't really have family they're just uh, some friends from my parents and yeah the neighbors that there were also kids that they grew up with us
2: and you're talking about these three passports it's uh, spain netherlands and the u.s which also means that you had three options when you chose your national team yeah exactly how was how that for you you know because obviously so you you have to make these decisions quite young how is it to make that kind of decision that can actually Kind of like it it affects your future in some way, but you have to make it so young and it affects the next 10 years, maybe, or even more. I think
3: I always had in my mind that uh, at some point I could choose between the three uh, different uh, countries, but I just didn't really pay attention to it. And I mean, just uh, trained every day, worked every day, not even knowing about this, you know. So once everything went, uh, yeah. Uh, it was serious, you know, I was starting football, starting in teams, then I signed in Atletic Bilbao, and then I started with Spanish national team under sixteen. That was like my first time going to national team. So yeah, then I won the Euros with the Spain uh, under 20 World Cup. Really really nice experiences. Like I really remember them as something really special for me. But at some point I also thought like okay I'm playing in Lyon, I'm quite important in the team. I feel really good. I think I need to make an extra step and I didn't have the chance in Spain. For different reasons and yeah having two other great options uh, it was like, easy you know um, the process was quite simple to be honest uh, um, both other countries contact me uh, but I was quite uh, focused on only one because the Netherlands nowadays I really feel European not really American uh, and also I felt like it was like uh, something for my mom Um uh, she has been uh, out of her uh, comfort zone for a long time so that was also a way for me to like honor my mom and that's why uh once i started to the talking with the dutch team it was something that was more like emotional more familiar to me because like i also have a link with the us because i was born there but for me it was something else in netherlands because my mom is from there and as I told you, she left the, the Netherlands in a young age. And I just wanted for her to have also a link. And if I could be the one doing that link, that was perfect, you know. So, yeah, once the conversation started, uh, it was quite fast the process, quite fast the decision, and then we just had to wait for the paperwork.
2: Was it easy for you to make that decision? Uh, who, who's, who is it the coach that reaches out to you, like, for the Netherlands and the U.S.? And at the time, was it Vladko in the U.S. who reached out? Or... What was like, what was the conversation over there to begin with before we hop over to the Netherlands?
3: I think from the u s um it was not the coach um it was someone else from I think the second coach assistant coach uh, and then of course we have Lindsay Oren and Pat McCurry and, and our team, so they were also knew about the situation that I was almost going to the Netherlands so it also happened that maybe the u s came too late uh, it was I was already finishing my uh, Yeah, all the talks with the Dutch national team. So it was different timing, everything. And I already had my decision. But I also think it wouldn't change anything if the US could come earlier also. Because as I told you, I think the decision was clear.
2: Who who reached out to you from the Netherlands when you joined?
3: Oh, this is an interesting story. When we went to Portland to play this tournament to ICC and that's when I had a meeting with my agent in the hotel and then we got to meet uh, Mark Parsons and I had no clue he was going, going to be the next coach from the Netherlands and he just said with us and he said oh I didn't know you were half Dutch half American and so that's how we were getting started and then we had a, another meeting and yeah he was really he was quite important in this decision because uh, he was the coach at that time and he really wanted me in the team he really could see me playing in that team and being important and that what that's what I needed at that point, you know, that, that someone really wanted me in that country. Also, like such a team like the Netherlands, they've been winning Euros, uh, important tournaments, uh, doing a really good paper. I think, yeah, it was quite easy once we started to
2: talk. And... Mark Parsons also gave you the chance to represent the Netherlands in your first ever major championship, which was the Euros this summer. How how was how that experience for you to take that step and to, you know, well, well play a major championship for, for your mom's country? The, how you, like you say you want to honor her and stuff. How is it to represent the Netherlands at the Euros?
3: Yeah, it was something really exciting. Also, to go back to England, I think England to. The football, the the way they see football is different, and I was really excited for that also. And also, my first big tournament, I had under 19s, under 20s, but I feel like this one was a big step for me. And also, yeah, a new country, you know, uh, it's something new, a beginning of uh, different football style uh, for me to adapt into a team. So yeah, I was just a little bit curious, you know, how it would go, and yeah, it was uh, really nice. Of- experience uh, at the end i think we could have done better uh with the team we had but uh, we have a tournament this summer so hopefully the world cup is going to be way better but yeah uh, i could say the tournament was special for me i had my first game starting also in, in the euros i really enjoyed it so i think it's also building up in my career and something that's going to be always there how was
2: the i think the squad during the years because I know there was some controversies regarding, you know, players maybe having to step up and make the decisions instead of the coach. And how how did you did you notice any of that? And how was that for you to come in?
3: No, not in that sense. I think we struggled a little with injuries, with COVID. Uh, we had plenty it was like a roller coaster since the first uh, week of the tournament. So that was not really easy for everyone. And also people having COVID coming back, still feeling sick. I think we did a really good job in that sense because it was not easy at all since the beginning of the tournament. And even so, we managed to get into, yeah, against France in in the best conditions we could. And then we're unlucky in extra time. But yeah, uh, I would just uh, think about the team because I think we did a a good job after seeing what happened. And I always say we have a really good team, a lot of young talents. Also the players that have been there for a long time, they won everything. So I think it's a perfect combination, only that we didn't manage to really make it happen. But I think we have the opportunity this summer to to make it happen. Yeah,
2: I must I, I must say that it was extremely impressive how how you know the, the 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 Dutch team really really gathered himself after you know the goalkeeper got injured. I I think it was in the first game against Sweden and was out for the rest of the tournament. It just showed like you know how broad the squad was and and the depth of it, and having someone come in and just you know be a really good goalkeeper who hasn't even played much.
3: Yeah, exactly. I think we have to be proud of that. Also uh, how we managed to um, get over those moments. Uh, First with our captain getting injured in such a big tournament. And then a young girl stepping up. That was one of the first games also. So that's when everything began and also trainings and every day was quite difficult to, to manage, but I think the group was just really strong and that made the difference. And luckily we came into the game against France and, Good conditions, but we didn't make it through. But yeah, I really uh, keep on un- admiring like what we did during that tournament. Because if everyone could know what really happened, it was quite uh, quite difficult for everyone.
2: Let's talk about club football. um You played for Everton, and that also opened door to to Lyon. How 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 was it to to play play in the WSL, and how would you say it differs from league uh, in France?
3: Yeah, um, the experience in Neverton was really short, but uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really knew before signing that I was going to go to a really big club. Uh, you could see it the first day I arrived there, uh, training grounds, all the services we had, all the staff. It was really amazing. So it was really exciting to, to make a step in my career. Also, new league, uh, first time out of Spain. Yeah, it was something new for me. It was difficult. I struggled a lot the first weeks. But, uh, yeah, the league, uh, I think it was quite physical. Uh, yeah, I'm not that kind of player, so I had to adapt uh, also. But I was getting used to it. I, I liked it. Trainings were different, but I got used to it also. And I think uh, it made me also the player that I'm now nowadays. So, yeah, I'm thankful for that also. And I also have plenty of friends there in everything. So, yeah, uh, good timing, a good team. I, I enjoyed it.
2: And then you... You were sold to Leon for for quite a lot of money. How is it to to be be so young and talented and know that yeah, well, this is how good I am and yeah, they're gonna pay the price for it.
3: Well, this story was quite crazy. I can tell you that um from one day to another I had a call from my agent late at night and he's like, Yeah, I have a crazy thing for you. You might think I'm I'm local, like he always says, and I'm like, Well, let me know let's go for it and then he said yeah leon wants you uh they want you to be there this week already they're signing you for this kind of money uh, and you need to leave if if you really agree with this uh offer and then i was like yeah of course leon calls there's nothing to talk about so i still remember that call i was like okay when my agent says this is a crazy thing i was like well Can't expect anything, you know? But, yeah, at that point, I called my parents, like, okay, uh, this is the situation. They were almost, like, crying and really emotional. I was like, okay, let let me take my time, pack everything, uh, say goodbye to my teammates. And, yeah, then I left to Lyon in two days. So, yeah, I'm always going to be really thankful and grateful to to Everton because they opened also my way to Lyon, how they treated me there. uh, Nowadays, also, I'm still in contact with plenty of girls there, staff. Yeah, I think it was a really nice time. I enjoyed it a lot, and obviously nowadays I'm the player that I am. Also taking into account uh, my time in, in everything.
2: So, so it was quite like, was it from one day to another? Is that what you're telling me? That it was you got the call and it was like, pack your stuff, you're going.
3: Yeah, uh, I think it was two days, but yeah, next day I had to go training, so I, I didn't know how to manage that. I was texting my agent like, how should I act? Uh, do the girls need to know this? Uh, do I just need to train normally? Just So it was quite a different situation for me. Uh, Also, really exciting. I remember I couldn't sleep. Uh, I was just like, okay, where I'm going, Uh, when, when is my flight? Uh, Are my parents going to be there when I sign? Lots of things going on in your mind. And like also seeing that your dream is going to become true, you know, in in a few days. Like I couldn't, couldn't really manage that. And that's why I just packed everything and just said goodbye. Hold
0: up.
2: How how has that year been now in in Lyon and France? And it's been a Champions League title, to say the least, you know, kind of how how has it been that year for you?
3: Yeah, since I arrived here, the girls made it really easy for me. Uh, I just, as I told you, for me sharing locker room and team with all my idols, it was something really exciting and emotional the first days. And then I got used to it, you know, to share training with Wendy Renard, Mars and Ada, Amel, everyone. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm here, you know. Uh, before I used to watch them on TV, and now I'm sharing team with them and playing. So once I got over that, um, yeah, I immediately started to play. I was also really thankful for to the coach before, uh, Jan luc uh, He was really important also in this process. Um, and yeah, and then, well, last year, everyone knows we won the Champions League, and that was also Jim from Ju. I think uh, it was a long year, a really tough year, but... Uh, yeah, we made
2: it, so I'm really happy. How, how was it to to be there for you know a Champions League final in, in Turin with loads of fans from Lyon, but you know there were also a lot of Barcelona fans there. How 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 was that atmosphere for you, and how did that feel?
3: Yeah, I still remember the whole week. Like I think the preparation, uh, I didn't expect for it to be like it was so special. Uh, the girls always so, told me like, yeah, you need to really enjoy the process like the week before also like not only the final day so yeah the whole week was really special once we traveled to Turin, also and also uh, getting out into the warm-up and seeing all the Barca fans I think that also motivated us a lot just seeing in that corner the Lyon fans and our families and everything but I just think we with the team and and the girls we have we just stand up and no matter what was happening out there we just did our game and that's what happened
2: you talk a lot about you know the your your mom and your dad and you know what they've meant to you. How was it to greet them with a medal around your neck?
3: I think it's something that I'm never, I'm never gonna forget. Um, they came uh, after like when we were out there. Uh, I had plenty of friends also coming from Spain. My sister, my best friend, other friends. Yeah, it was really special to share these moments with them because I feel like they've been uh, through all this with me, uh, even in the worst moments. So it's also something for them. You know, I told them, like, this medal is from you guys. Like, I did nothing, you know, and you just helped me to win this. So, yeah, it's really special. I think it's also really special for them because they were really there. And they're also, like, Leon fans. So it's crazy to just share these moments together.
2: And with that being said, we're going to move on to the tactical analysis part with Mia, and I'm going to mute myself.
1: Let's talk a little bit about yourself as a player now uh, if you If you were about to describe yourself out on the pitch as a footballer, how would that sound?:
3: I would say I'm um, a really calm player. I think uh, for me, it's important to control the tempo of the game, when to play fast, when to keep the ball when to start a transition, when to defend, when to tackle. I think I have that timing and I think it's also important for my teammates to feel that that they can get me the ball and then I can decide a little bit the tempo of the game. I think that's my main uh, characteristic. And then also my uh, left foot, I think. Why are you a midfielder?
1: Tell, tell us the story to the midfielder success.
3: Well, I can tell you I started as a left wing no one really believes this, but yeah. Uh, when I was 12 or so, I was quite fast. Nowadays, I'm not as fast, but I used to be really 1v1, technical. But then uh, years went by, and then I started to play as a 10 in the midfield, a little higher, scoring goals. But uh, I think uh, in Athletic Bilbao, that's when they started to put me as a number six. Uh, I also developed a lot uh, my defensive side, uh, being more aggressive because Spanish league it's quite demanding in that sense and I think I started really young there so I had to protect myself I had to win the duels and that's the process that it was difficult for me because I didn't really play my football but I was also developing in my defensive side so yeah nowadays I think I really worked on that and I'm still working on it so yeah I think it's a combination of everything I started as a left wing dropped into a 10 and then I think with my technical abilities and winning that aggressiveness and defensive side that made me play as a six
1: yeah and that was actually my my next question and you were touching a little bit on the on the subject how much of a role uh, do you think aggression play in your current role and more broadly in in your position
3: yeah i think sometimes people forget us as a number six we first have to defend and I really enjoy defending. Um, some training I just told the girls like I don't I don't, don't want to be a joker. I just want to defend, you know. Just I can give you the ball and then I go defend. But I need to work on that. So when I don't do that, I feel like uncomfortable because my first uh, my first thing to do in a game is to be a defender because I'm number six. But obviously, then you have to uh, also work on keeping the ball, uh, time timing, uh, attacking. But I will. Always say that my first priority is to be a good defender.
1: Yeah. And you, you touched a little bit when you uh, talked to Amanda about the differences between leagues. And I, I often say this. I, I think I say this every episode we record, but, but fans always want to know the differences and how players experience the differences. And you played in Spain and then you went to England and that now you're in France. So how would you say, um, what's your perspective on the
2: differences
3: i think they're quite different uh, all of them Uh, starting with spain i think it's really technical i enjoyed it over there but uh, also as i was so young i need to yeah i just get into the team and i had to learn a lot you know so i received a lot of tackles Uh, i was always with hits always almost injured because just hits so then that was a point that I said like okay now I need to work on and being more aggressive but I'm a defensive midfielder I need to be the aggressive one so that made me learn a lot um, but yes is really technical I enjoyed it also and then England I would say it's completely different uh, really intense the games are really intense uh, short distance long distance but really intense football uh, in a different way I enjoyed it um, a lot of transition also I could use my left leg to put the balls into my uh, teammates uh, a lot of duels, I think less time when you receive the ball to play the ball and that timing is really short in England. And then uh, France, I would say it's a combination of both. Uh, they told me France now, it's they're improving a lot physically, the other teams, so it's more equal. But also technically, I think there's plenty of good teams that they can really manage to keep the ball and also play good football. Yeah,
1: and if if we're talking about, you know, how to train when when you train not on the pitch, like in the gym and you're talking about the English league and being, it's uh, being very intense uh, because that's, I mean, I keep thinking about this a lot, uh, like lately, just uh, about the fact that the game in England is very intense. So what's the difference for you now uh, on how you train uh, in the gym? compared to in England with the position you play.
3: Yeah, one thing I had to get used to here in Lyon was that uh, 90% of the games, uh, you're going to have the ball and you don't have that need to be defending the whole game because you have all the best players around you. So uh, it's a good sign if you keep the ball the whole game, you know, and attack and score and attack and score. But I also thought that, okay, I cannot really uh, miss my side that I really improved uh, aggressiveness, defensive tackles, reading the game. So. I'm still working on that uh, more, mostly in the gym uh, after trainings. Uh, uh, power, uh, yeah, short accelerations. I think I still can improve a lot in that. But I, as I told you, I think it's also part of being such a team that uh, plenty of games you're in possession and you almost forget about that sense of defending. Did you ever think? anything about uh, the differences
1: between how the Netherlands play, Spain play and the US play when you choose your national team like football wise or was it just about you know the feelings you had for
3: the Netherlands? Most of my decisions I take are uh, around football no uh, it's think really important to take decisions uh, because it's everything for me, football, you know, so obviously it had a big impact. Uh, everyone knows how Spain can play. I've been there uh, since under 16. I really enjoyed it. I had plenty of good players around me. We kept the ball all the time, you know, tiki-taka, as they say. But then when I had to take a decision, uh, yeah, I'm really demanding also for myself. I think uh, Netherlands had a really good... Uh, style of game, they still have it. I think they can play both, keeping the ball, but also transition. So I think that was really a benefit for me uh, with my kind of profile on that team. Also, I thought the Netherlands had plenty of young talents coming in, so that was also something that pushed me to go there because I'm still young and I felt like, okay, this is a place where I can really build my career on and be important in this team. In the US, uh, I think everyone knows how powerful they are They've been ever like they always been really powerful, um, but also they won everything. So yeah, I think all the countries had something really special, something different. But uh, I would say the Netherlands was almost a combination of both. Uh, I mean, the game they do is like they can keep the ball and also transition, and that's I think perfect for me.
1: Yeah, not the the baddest choices uh, of national team to choose between. Uh, Let's yeah, just agree I on just that, agree. <laughs> you know, because it's it's great to, it's great football to watch uh, from all uh, those national teams. But uh, going back to the number six role, um, what do you think is the hardest part about transferring information or analysis you get before going into play play a game into real action? To follow a game plan,
3: I think it's really important. To, uh, even nowadays, even more because I think everyone is better prepared. Everyone prepares the games uh, differently. They work really hard on preparing every single game, every single opponent. Uh, as the first, like we always uh, analyze individually, the team collectively, and I think in my position, that's even more important. Also, because you see the game in front of you often. So you can also read all the information from behind. So I think you're an advantage in that sense. So for me, it's also an important role to be like a messenger, like trying to share the message with my teammates. Like maybe I see this. Um, yeah, different opinions, also the centre of access that have that. Uh, option so yeah i think it's nowadays even more important than before because uh, all the games are prepared really well and apart from the obvious
1: uh like going off the pitch after the final whistle if you have uh, won a game uh but what makes you satisfied uh, with your own performance
3: when you go off the
1: pitch after playing a game
3: i think uh, the most important thing for me is to be to enjoy the game uh if you finish the game and you have the feeling that you didn't enjoy something is really wrong and to be honest i didn't have that feeling a long time ago so that's really good but for me like going out there and just play your own football and more in this team like with these teammates Uh, for me every training is just go have fun and enjoy it and uh, more in the football wise i would say uh, to keep the ball once the team has the ball i'm i'm really comfortable Sometimes there's going to be times in the game that you have to defend. I'm also happy with that because that's my first role. So, yeah, I would just say enjoy. Like once you finish the game, if you didn't enjoy, I go really sad back home. Like before a season, uh, do you do you set
1: goals uh, using statistics or football metrics to to just evaluate yourself?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, once the season is starting or about to start. I always uh, have some goals. Uh, obviously, after the season ends, I hope to accomplish most of them. And so now it really worked out well. Uh, I can tell you about maybe scoring more goals. That's one thing I'm working on also. Uh, Duels, 1v1, those kind of stuff. Uh, during one game, during a tournament, uh, I just set those kind of goals and I go for it and work for it every day. And last question now. Uh,
1: Which tactical aspect do you feel like you've grown or learned the most about so far
3: in your career? I think uh, giving balance to a team. I think that's always something that I had. Uh, Knowing when to attack, knowing when to stay. uh, I think it's something really positive from my side. Uh, But also in a tactical way, I think um, I learned um, when my centre-backs... like to be available when my center backs need because before I used to be more linked to my midfielders. And then I got to know that. Yeah. First I'm a defender. So first I need to pay attention to the ones that are behind me because they're going to be the ones sending the message to me. So I had to figure this out a little in my young age. But then I got used to it and I think that's something that, that I also got here and beyond having those good centre-backs we have. I
1: love the fact that, you know, like a number six can talk about my centre-backs, my midfielders and, you know, my attackers. And because that that's like being a number six, that's like a heart of the team in some way. Do you
3: feel that? Yeah, I feel the our position is not really sometimes evaluated as a striker or a winger or whatever. But I think it's something we have to deal with it, and I'm happy to do that. Like I don't care, uh, I could be defending the whole game, and I, I feel I did a good game. Like I don't really care. Um, like football is not who scores, who who wins is the most important thing, you know. So obviously the strikers have their own job, wingers have their own job, and I think we have to do like, like let's say the dirty job, <laughs> yeah. just clean up everything, yeah. defend everything, start the game. But uh, yeah, that's why I've chosen this position. It's my choice. Yeah. It's like being a vacuum cleaner sometimes, you know, like, yeah,
1: sometimes uh, it is fixing uh, uh, someone else's uh, mistakes or bad positioning or, or stuff like that. But I, I, I must say that I think you're right because the number six, we don't, I think after the Euros this summer, we have started to talk a little bit more, especially in the media about, you know, number six role.
2: So I think that's good. A lot of cheer, a lot of cheer. Uh, do you have any other hobbies besides soccer? Yeah,
3: actually in my time off, I really enjoy doing different stuff. Um, when I used to be in Milo, uh, I usually always went to basketball games my day before the game. I think it's something that really makes me disconnect from everything, relax, and that was really important for me. Um, so, yeah, I watch a lot of basketball, I really enjoy it also my hometown are a great team so yeah i support them they support me so that's really nice
2: question that doesn't have to be in if do you like to draw because i think i saw what was that in your hand this is something we started in the team um
3: i don't know ada was the one starting with it like she random became one of these days and she's like yeah i'm gonna show you my piece of art whatever i'm like okay let me see and then she did like amazing painting i'm like i just want to start also to try to draw you know like painting and since now I'm injured, also I was like I have plenty of time, and I think it's good for myself also take some some time to just try to do something. So yeah, now a few girls in the team are trying to paint something. We don't know if it's gonna work out or, but we try our best. So yeah, it's fun.
2: Yeah, I saw the paintbrush in their hand; it was just swinging. Yeah, and I was yeah. like she likes to paint, probably.
3: Yeah,
1: Maria Roma uh, wants to know what. Uh, are your thoughts and expectations on Lyon's performance in this uh, Champions League chi- season, keeping in mind the matches against Arsenal and Juventus in comparison of what of the last final against Barca. What has changed and
3: what can improve? Um, I think everyone has seen that we didn't really have a great start in the Champions League but uh, I think uh, knowing this team we're going to be able to handle it. Uh, this month we have really important games to turn everything around so I'm really confident myself and the team and everyone so I think uh, if someone can do this it's Leon. so yeah uh, we didn't start the correct way but last year also we struggled uh, a lot in a few games but uh, we did it at the end so yeah nowadays we just have to work every day and and hopefully end of December we can say that we went through the group stage and I think we're going to do it.
2: Marfut Fama wants to know how did you face having to learn many languages at the same time? (laughs) Un fuerte abrazo. Spanish. <laughs> i feel like it, it was a mix between italian and spanish but i'll take the good i'll take the compliment thank you
3: yeah it's not it's not easy to manage all the languages uh, some some days i'm just i don't know even what i'm what language i'm speaking uh, when i go on the pitch sometimes training i speak dutch to the player who speaks spanish uh, i don't even know sometimes but um I'm working on my French. I go like twice a week or once a week to listen. So I'm quite improving. I understand everything. I can talk French. Um, Dutch is something I'm also working on because now national team, like all the girls speak English. So that's really handy. I understand everything. So that's also good. But I want to also make the step to, to be able to speak with everyone. So I'm also working on that.
2: Is it is it easier? Because you're obviously a dual speaker You growing up. God. You said Spanish and English. I assume a little bit of Dutch as well. Um, is it easier to learn that fourth language?
3: Yeah. Um, I think also French is really similar to Spanish because uh, come from Latin. Dutch is something completely different to all the languages. I think, well, Basque, we also have a, our own language in the Basque country. That's one of the oldest languages in the world. So you can imagine there's nothing similar to it. But uh, Dutch is also something really complicated. Uh, the thing is that I can understand everything, so I'm just working on trying to speak because I think it's important once I'm in that national team to be able to communicate with everyone. So
2: five five languages is that what we're...
3: Yeah, yeah, that is impressive. So,
1: um, at Neural Freedom, wants to know what has been your best experience in football up until now.
2: Um,
3: I would say, obviously, last summer, winning the Champions League. Um, yeah, it's a dream come true, but hopefully there was more to come. Uh, that's how I think. That's my mentality, so hopefully we can work on that. Uh, also, my first game uh, with the national team it was really special. Uh, it was against Cyprus, but it was in my mom's hometown in Groningen. And I had like uh, 40 people just... W- willing to watch me, you know, that game. So it was something I was really excited for, to see everyone there just waiting for that moment for me to come up in Dutch national team. And I think I made a lot of people part. So that's something I was going to bring with me.
2: Roche 91 wants to know, and this is the last question, what's the most fun part about being on the Dutch national team? Most fun part? Yeah.
3: That we have plenty of fun girls. That's the most... Uh yeah no i think we have a really good group young girls uh most more experienced girls um for me something really interesting is to go by bike to training i really enjoy that even if they will think it was something silly but i remember the first day we took the bike they were like are you you sure you know how to ride a bike i'm like of course i know how to ride a bike (laughs) But yeah, I think we have plenty of fun going on. Uh, I think it's a different way also to handle uh, such long camps sometimes. Uh, Like weeks go by and I have a lot of fun. So that's the most important thing because once you're training and stuff, it's always fun. But out of the pitch also to be having fun and, and to enjoy it around everyone. I think that's also something that's really positive.
2: With that being said, we are done with the listeners' questions, and we're going to go into the last part, which is the end section, which is um a ra- rapid fire. Um, this or that, five questions. You you have to answer one or the other. It has to be fast, and I don't want an explanation. And you can't think about it.
3: Okay,
2: Sounds good. All right. The first one is a good slide tackle or intercepting a pass that is about to break the lines.
3: Intercepting a pass.
2: A pass. Followed by a scan or intuition. Uh, scan. Coming on from the bench to make an impact on getting the win or being in the starting lineup in a mediocre game where you either draw or lose. Make an impact. Causing a tactical foul for the opponents or taking one yourself for the team to stop a counterattack. For the team to stop a counterattack. Start a perfect attack from the back that results in a goal or score one yourself.
3: No, starting from behind build up
2: and bada bing bada boom that is the end of this episode Damaris thank you so much for being on this podcast and we hope you enjoyed yeah, it of course I did thank you